everybody. It's Kedrick, and I'm here with Mark. Hi, everyone. Yay. We are here, and we're in two different cities right now yeah. <laughs> doing this podcast for you. For the first I am, time. I am in the uh, sunny Coachella Valley, and Mark is in sunny LA, I assume. Be very sunny. And we have been trying to get this phone thing down, and it's just like, <laughs> but we did it. It's all that matters, and uh, this is going to be really good for us when we're not uh, in, you know, in the same city. Yeah, it'll be much easier to get continuous content out there. Yeah. So, um, so what's what's been going on with you, Mark, this week? What's been going on this week? Well, over the weekend we saw a fun. Um, last week we saw a fun drag play, Women Behind Bars which was, um, it's a play that originated in 1975, but then in 1976, Divine took over the lead role of the matron of the, of the jail, of a women's prison. And so it became, you know, famous, you know, when, as Divine got famous, it became a bit notorious. And um, I, I found out later that it played for years at the Roxy here in Hollywood. Okay. With various people starring in it. But um, so they're, they're, they brought it back and it's got a handful of... Um, handful of drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Eureka O'Hara plays the divine role and she really like sinks her teeth in it and, and channels divine. But it's also got Mink Stoll from, you know, the John Waters films and Tracy Lords also. So it's, that was really fun. Oh, nice. So, um, so did the, uh, did she sing I'm So Beautiful and You Think You're a Man? No, it's not a musical. And, and it <laughs> happened way before those songs were out. You think you're a man, but <laughs> just only a boy. Well, so, when did she take it over? Time. And I think I, uh, I might, I, well, I think, well, I am going to see Missing Persons tonight. Of course you are. At the Whiskey. Yeah, because you're friends with her, I mean. Well, I bought a ticket. I haven't talked to her for a while. But, um, and then did Is you, she you do you know that Howard Jones is playing tomorrow? Where? At the El Rey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it seems real under the radar. It's an acoustic set with Nick Beggs. Did, uh, did we talk Nick about that? Beggs. Nick Beggs is going to be there. Okay, I have to come. So, yeah. Crap. And I haven't gotten a ticket yet for that, but it'll be a last minute decision if I decide to go. Mm, you're going. <laughs> What's so, up by you? <laughs> listeners, this is, these are the conversations that we have. Um, oh, so, not to uh, bring them up every single week, but you know, those go-go shows did go on sale. I was. I knew you were. In, I knew you were inside that. I what? actually wore the shirt. I wore on the podcast where we talked about them. I, I think I said next year they're going to be having some shows. Well, next year is. I meant this year, and it's actually this <laughs> summer, and they went on sale this weekend or this week. I want. I want to go to San Diego. That's the one I want to go to. You know, first and foremost, because I love that venue. Yeah, I like the venue. It's really pretty. It's uh, Humphreys. Yeah, for people that don't know, and it's um, right along the water, and it's really beautiful. But it tends to be what I like to call the wine and cheese crowd, <laughs> and it's people that don't necessarily like really want to get up on their feet and rock. Well, you know how that is with us. Well, yeah, we're gonna force them, but. <laughs> um. So for me, um, I went to see Ninety Eight Degrees last week. Oh yeah, and- I saw some posts about that. And uh, they were really good. Um, there, I think they're much better when they're not promoting an album. You know, what I mean, they were just up there, kind of having fun, and, and it was good. I've seen them like probably five or six times, and this is probably one of the best. 
Um, so um, there's a new Pussycat Dolls song out called React. I, and haven't, I haven't heard it yet. It's really good, actually. I mean, it's really good. Like, I, I can't even stress to you how good it is. Is it, um, is it actually out? Like, I can listen to it right now? Um, how do I have it? Where did you hear it? Because I don't think it's out quite yet. I think I downloaded it from my questionable places. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is. I know it is coming soon, though. And then I think I just read that she that that, that um they also do a song with Megan Trainer on her album that came out today. I believe so. Yes, it's Friday the thirty first. So, <laughs> um, so new release day. Uh, Mark Almond also had an album out today, which I've been listening to. Oh, nice. Um, Kesha, Kesha came out today. There's a live Mika album out today. Wow. It's all happened. Uh, Jonas Brothers just announced they have a Vegas residency in either April or August. So that's kind of cool. Um, the Grammys. Okay, you know what? I haven't watched the Grammys in years, like, you know, like full on. Yeah. But I loved Lizzo and I'd love her even more after that. Oh, and yeah. I, that, was, that was a fantastic performance. And I loved Run DMC and Aerosmith. Same. Yeah, but you know what my you know what my favorite was? Hmm. Uh, I sing the body electric at the very end. Do you know that song? Mm-mm. Are you Who's familiar with? Have you seen Fame, the original movie Fame? Ever? Nope. Really? Okay, it's a it's a song from the movie Fame, not the remake or the TV show, but the movie. And um, they did it as a tribute to, I believe it was the producer of the Grammys, who this is his last year doing it. And um, it was awesome. It was awesome. They had different singers sing different bits, but there was also dancers and musicians because in the movie, it was like all the graduates of the School of the Arts, like doing their bit during the song. And they sort of did the same, took that same theme in the Grammy presentation. So it was really cool. Check check that out. I'm sure there's videos up. Um, Okay. Speaking of the Grammys, I mean, Billie Eilish, I mean, really, she won everything. I was just like... Uh, okay i mean i was surprised i can't say i'm super familiar with her i haven't heard the album it's i mean she's got a she's got a different voice for like a 17 year old she's probably 18 right now but it's kind of like really i mean but you know you know you've seen grammy things you know how it's gonna go she'll she'll be gone (laughs) it's really it's really rare for somebody to sweep all four of those major awards though yeah but nor Jones did it and look where she well I mean I'm sure she's still having a career it's just not way out there so in, you know but, guy. but um, of course um, you know Kobe Bryant's death was just kind of like you know I was I was shocked I mean I'm not a big basketball person but um, you know, I was actually shocked. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the, just think of the, the families, the poor families, his own and everyone else that was involved. What a tragedy. But on a brighter note, um, so listeners, this week we're going to talk about the most successful duo in history, according to Guinness Book of World Records. Um, Neil Tennant, Chris Lowe, the Pet Shop Boys. Um, yeah. And uh, we, they have a new album out, so I thought it was the perfect time to do this. Um, I have to get my notes together, so 
Uh, we're going to be back in just one second. So keep listening to this. This is your playlist. Every day we have the ability and opportunity to create a more accepting world by actively coming together and living inclusively. Even small acts of inclusion can have a big impact on making others feel loved and accepted. Because most people don't see themselves as part of the problem, they don't recognize that they can be part of the solution. Before anything else, we're all human. And, you know, ask yourself if you've ever avoided people because of race or religious group or on the street. Ask yourself if you've found yourself staring at people with disabilities or looking away and making them feel invisible. Learn how you can come together at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Okay, we're back. This is your playlist. <laughs> Have you had a chance to listen to the new Pressure Boys album? It's called Hot Spot, and I did listen to it, and it sounds like a return to early Pet Shop Boys. That's what I think. Yeah, I would say the same. I've been listening to it a lot. I really, really like it. This is the third in a series of albums that were produced by Stuart Price. Love it, him. It just went into the charts at number three. It was looking like it was going to be number one, but in the end, it, it wound up three, as, as the two previous albums have as well. So all the Stuart Price albums have hit number three, which is pretty damn good for a band that's been around as long as they have. Well, and, you know, Stuart Price, you know, he crafted two of my favorite albums, uh, Madonna's Confessions and uh, Take That's Progress. Yeah, I mean, he's done, he's done a lot, a lot of really great stuff. He did some scissors. He did... Yeah, he did some scissors. Uh, was it? Yeah, was it? Did he do the whole album? I think he so. did the whole album. Oh my god, what a great album! So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Pet Shop Boys. Here's the thing, you know, I mean, they've been pretty consistent. I mean, um, in my research, um, I found out a lot of stuff that I knew, but it was kind of good to get it, you know, written down. So um, they sold a hundred million records. Um, they have four number one UK hits with Western Girls, It's a Sin, Always on My Mind, and Heart. And here's a, here's a little fun fact. They wrote Heart, and they wanted to give it to Madonna, but they didn't want her to reject it. <laughs> they were afraid of her rejecting it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. Yeah, so, um, so that's interesting. Um, and considering they sing you know, a song called She's Madonna, on Robbie Williams' Rude Box album. That we so, love. <laughs> yes, and uh, we're the Pet Shop Boys. I mean, yeah, the, you know, their thing with Robbie Williams, you know, that was cool. Um, I think it kind of started with him doing a cover of their it would, I Wouldn't Normally Do This Type of Thing. Wait, and wait, where did you do that? Live? No, it's on, no, it's on one of his singles. I'll have to go back and track that down since it is one of my favorite Pet Shop Boys songs. Yeah. So and and that that started, you know, the love affair with them and Rob and Neil sang on his song No Regrets and then, you know, 
lo and behold, who was the support act on the progress tour? The Pet Shop Boys. So, um, God, I have two stories. Before we get too far away from from the new album, Hotspot, um, like you said, like it's sounding a bit more like their older material. The, The two previous albums, Electric and Super, the ones that were also produced by Stewart, they seemed a little more directly aimed at the clubs. Yeah. And I feel like this one is back to more like just song oriented. Although yep. it's, it's got some great, really upbeat dancing tracks. Will of the Wisp um, is an easy favorite. Um, Monkey Business, which is pretty ridiculous and over the top, but so fun. And they just put out a great video for it. Is that the first single? You know, singles these days are so tricky. Dreamland is the first single. The duet with, with uh, Ollie from... Um, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on... on that band name Ollie from uh, oh my god current new band they only have two albums got it um, Ferris right now <laughs> come back Ollie. to that okay we'll come back to that <laughs> um, actually you know Monkey Business is probably my favorite song too so that's kind of cool you know yeah, um, yeah so th- this new album is definitely a winner if you haven't listened to the Pet Shop Boys in a while um, get back to it check this one out and they've been, you know, a lot of people think that they just kind of like came and went, but they've been going since, you know, in my research, you know, they've been going since 1981. That's when Neil Tennant was a writer for Smash It's magazine and the associate editor. And here's here's a fun fact. Like, he remembers, he told a story once about like him meeting people that he had given a bad review to. I think Bananarama was one of them. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, Oh, hi. <laughs> so they, they wound up writing a song for Bananarama, although they didn't record it, but it was released on one of their deluxe version CDs. Of which one the, was that? The, the Pet Shop Boys demo. I don't know the name of the track. It's not it's not one that I have in front of me. Which album was it on? Oh, which Pet Shop Boys album? No, which it, no, no, it didn't they didn't record it. It wasn't on a Bananarama album. Oh. So I'm not sure what time period. Late, you know, obviously later time period. But they, they didn't use it for whatever reason. Yeah, they they really um we'll talk about this later. They really just like revived people's careers. You know, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but like you were saying, they've just about how long they've been around. I don't remember them ever taking a very long break. Mm-mm. Their albums seem like just really consistent, and when maybe when they weren't making a pop album, they might have been writing a musical or a or a ballet or other various things that they that they have yeah. worked on. They're kind of virtuoso, and um, you know, I kind of feel well. I remember 1984. Um, you know, it was my coming out year, so everything that came out that year was just it reminds me of my coming out. Spin me round. Taste So Good by File 13, Debbie Deb, uh, Expo Day, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, and Pet Shop Boys, Western Girls and Opportunities came out that year. And, you know, here's the thing. I wasn't really like, I, I don't know. I kind of didn't really care very much. You know, it's like Opportunities I love. Western Girls didn't really like me. And, um, you know, they were produced by Bobby O, who also did fine and uh well so are you, are you familiar with them from the beginning with those bobby o records yeah yeah they used to play those on k-rock 
K Rock. K Rock. Uh, they yeah, they used to play it that original version of West End Girls and then one more chance after that so I was able to track down those Bobcat Records 12 inch singles that was Bobby O's label Bobcat I had them still have them yeah and then of course they got signed to EMI and redid those tracks um and here's a here's a another fun fact they were Okay, they were managed by a guy called Tom Watkins. Wait, years and years. That's years the name of the band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, no, um, they were uh, they were managed by a guy named Tom Watkins, and Tom Watkins was Wham's first manager during Fantastic. They were famously Bross's manager. You know, and he swindled them out of money. He was like the Luke Perlman of Britain. And then he managed E17, Deuce, Two Thirds, J Pack, that whole thing. So it was interesting that that he was their manager at first. You know, how long looked, did that last though? Was he already sort of gone when they hit it big? Very big. Who? The manager. When did they change? Um. Well, they got Bross in 1980. He got brought some 1987, so I'm sure it was right after moved away from the Pet Shop Boys because clearly, I mean, they were a much more sort of serious act, I suppose, rather than like the teen pop of all those other acts that you met, mentioned. Well, I mean, how serious were they? I mean, it's just like you know, I was looking and it's like you know, Neil sang and Chris, you know, <laughs> played the keyboards and just kind of didn't do anything except. <laughs> But it was a. It was kind of like a kick. It was, it, you know, <laughs> it was a bit different than than those acts, though. I mean, they're quite wordy and smart in their lyrics and clever. Very and, dry and British. Yeah, and, and Neil's always said that he doesn't, you know, consider himself a good singer. You know, and uh, whatever. So yeah, so there you go. Taking what you got and making it work for what forty years? Exactly. Um, so yeah. So like I said earlier, they uh, they're the most successful duo from Guinness Book of World Records, and they've won three Brits and countless um, Ivor Novello Ivor Novella awards Correct. for songs. Ivor no- Novello, I believe, songwriting awards. Yeah. I so. just I just learned that they are. Um, the number five most billboard dance or dance hits. I don't know how many that is, but they would be number five on the list. So that makes them the top male act on the billboard club chart. Nice. List. Yeah. I mean, they've, you know, they've been, like I said, they've been really consistent. Um, they've had a couple of missteps, but I mean, it's pretty much, I kind of feel like everything up until, um, Everything up until like nightlife. I mean, nightlife. Nightlife was the, the, you know, that was kind of the last really good one. Yeah, for me, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they've definitely gone a bit more experimental albums, like released. Yeah, which is definitely more of an acoustic guitar based sound. God, I can't believe Howard Jones is playing tomorrow with Nick Beggs. Okay, I'm I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> You're so off course. Freaking out. Um, so let's um let's talk about 
let's talk about a few songs that we like. You know, I wrote down like a few. Um, yeah. So I I always want to say that my favorite song of theirs is Love Comes Quickly. Because like it was the first kind of new song, you, you know, that they put out after Wrestling Girl hit big. And it's weird because it only got to number 19, but I just, I don't know, there's something about it. I really, really like it. And they sang it on the last tour. And I was very happy about that. <laughs> that was the, on the Super Tour they did it? Yeah. Didn't you see it at the um, Microsoft? I yeah. did. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think I, saw, I think I saw you in the pit, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we were all in the pit. Yeah. Um, always, always great live shows, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, yeah, I got a lot of favorite songs. It's really, it's a difficult thing to look at their albums and pick either a favorite album or just favorite singles because there's so damn many of them. Exactly. I mean, being boring. Oh. I mean, absolute classic, gorgeous. I didn't really like it when I first got the album. I didn't really like it very much, um, but it grew on me. It was yeah, I, I think I and I, I think I still like look for the upbeat tracks first because those are the ones that always catch my interest quicker. And then right. such a song like being boring, you know, that's more of a grower. Yeah, I mean, it's not like um, you know how to be taken seriously. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? You're making noise. I had to let the dog in. Oh. Okay, I'm back. Come back to the Um so I really like um, I think some of my favorites are they're totally off the wall bonkers songs. Like okay. Le- Left to My Own Devices. Yesterday when I was mad, I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. The Sodom and Gomorrah show. Those are good ones. Um, I have um, Love, Etc. I'm with Stupid, which I forgot about. Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, Left to My Own Devices, uh, New York City Boy, and and one that's that's kind of come up a lot in the last few years. And it was one of those songs that, like, when it came out, I I liked it, but I didn't really, like, it, you know, it didn't really, like, get into my soul. and it was funny because I went to England that year. It came out, and I actually brought it back from England because it came out the week I was there. And that's "Can You Forgive Her?" And I don't know. I heard it like about two years ago somewhere, and it was just like, bum, 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 bum. I mean, and it's just like I'm listening to the words, and it was just like, wow. You know what I mean? It yeah, was just it, like, it, it's the same here in the in the U.S. Maybe it's different in the U.K., but if you hear them on the radio, it's kind of boiled down to like two or three songs, right? That you're going to hear. Um, yeah. In, in this, in, always on my mind. And uh, what uh, what have I done to deserve this? Yeah. What have I done? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I mean, um, absolute classic. But, but when you've got so many singles... Um, it's a shame that, and, and this happens, I think, to most of these acts of a certain age, is that it goes back to like their first couple hits, and that's really all that you hear most of the time. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say?
So I figured in our honorable mentions part at the end that we like to do that we will kind of like talk about, you know, kind of do the back and forth with like the songs that weren't singles that we like. Oh, now you tell me that? <laughs> yeah, I just thought of it. <laughs> it's on my piece of paper. It's, it's easy. I only put four down. It's cute of, that you think I can just rattle off songs like that. Uh, hello. <laughs> You're <laughs> Your mark. Um, so why don't we um, why don't we take a break and so Mark can rattle along his um, CDs and um, yeah, so we'll be back with the yeah. next part of the Pet Shop Boys episode of Sister Players. All right, be right back. Hey, this is Steve, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist with Kedrick and Mark. All right, listeners. Hey, we're back, and uh, it's Mark and I again. And hey, and uh, we are doing um, an episode, episode twenty-five on Pet Shop Boys today. And uh, yeah, we just kind of like went through some background, and um, let's talk. We want to talk about some tour stuff now. You know, the first tour that I saw was um, the performance tour. Yeah, that was their first tour in America. Because it says that they did um, a 1989 tour, but... Not here. Yeah. Um, so it was at the Universal Amphitheater. Oh, and it was epic. Oh, my God. Okay, so let, me t- so let me tell you the story about my ticket fiasco. Okay, so I lived in Bakersfield then, and my best friend James and I drove down to uh, drove down to Universal Amphitheater, and at the time we were in the pit, and at the time, and you know this, like they would take your ticket and give you a wristband. And right. I wanted I wanted a copy, you know. I wanted a thing about my, you know, I wanted my ticket stuff, and um, so we went to this place and photocopied them. Okay, great. So we get back in the car. And we go to the venue and I go, he goes, where are the tickets? I go, you don't have them. We left them on the, no. thing, on the printer. We went back and they were gone. Okay. So I'm in tears. He's pissed off. So this is what happened. Somebody in the pit didn't want to be in the pit. Our friend and like they bought a ticket outside of the pit. So James got that pit ticket and then I bought a pit ticket from somebody. But it was just like... Wow, you guys, I, I mean, you lucked out. That was even an oh, option. Oh, totally lucked out. Totally. He was kidding. I mean, I think I would probably probably be dead if if that didn't happen. You know, if we didn't get pit tickets. Yeah, it was epic. <laughs> I honestly have very little memory of that show, just that it was an epic show with props and dancers and just you know everything they came out with a bang that for sure and chris doing we all feel better in the dark yeah yeah that was that was that was awesome here in la i'm looking at my notes uh universal was their preferred venue it, it seems like i saw them there three times oh did you yeah they, they also i i seem to have a like pretty big gap i don't know if did you have that as well? Like, um, performance. Yeah. I don't think I saw them again until Nightlife, unless I'm forgetting something. Yeah, that's when I saw them too. Yeah, so I don't think they. I don't think they came to America. 
um, in between. But well, what, was in, what was in between? It was like 94 to 97. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, that <laughs> was, what was... What was 94 and 97? Um, okay, now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Very. We'll come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that was the nightlife tour in 99 at Universal. And then they came back again in 2002 for release. Yep, I so tours, Although the albums have been consistent, the tours maybe have been a little more erratic, at least here in America. Yeah, I mean, the next one I saw after um, Nightlife was uh, the Super Tour. Oh, you know, so you missed a couple. Yeah, I mean, a couple. You know, I, I can't go to everything. Wait, that's my line. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this, in this case, I didn't see that. They, I, I, I have seen them more, I guess. They came to the Wiltern for Fundamental, another fantastic, very visual show. And um, then more recently, I missed I missed the Yes tour, which I'm pretty disappointed about because that's one of my favorite albums. Is it? Yeah, and I think that that's the one that's produced by Xenomania. Yeah, some great you stuff on there. And that was at the Greek Theater here in Los Angeles, and for some reason I couldn't make it, but. Um, Returned back for um, the electric tour and happened to catch that one in Ventura just to mix things up at the Majestic Ventura Theater, which was great. Very small venue. Um, And here's the cool thing about their shows, what I've realized and what I've seen is that um, they're just very, you know, you would think that it would be kind of boring a little bit seeing how they are like in TV performances, but it's not. It's just like lights and dan- like you said, dancers and just like glitz and blood, headbands and stuff. Or head headgear. There's always insane headgear with the Pet Shop Boys. Definitely yeah. part of the show. Um, I think I think they have you know similarities to Erasure in that way. I mean, it's just a keyboardist and a singer essentially. So. You know, they usually fill the stage with dancers, props, backup singers, but they don't always do it that way. And they've, in both bands, they've amassed such an insane catalog that at this point, it could just be the two of them on stage and the songs speak for themselves. Exactly. But we like a little, we like a little showmanship. We do. And they always, the super show was a fantastic light show. Yeah, that was it. I was I was surprised that they just like opened with Western Girl. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we've got so many hits. Let's get this one out of the way. Yeah, but you would have thought that would be, you know, well, you think that that would be sort of towards the end. But I think like these days, like it's more like always on my mind. It's, you know, it's fine by me. That's like. You know, I, I'm surprised they didn't like sort of. I feel like it would be almost dumbing it down for America to save that one for the encore because, like, that's the obvious American smash that everybody knows. And they didn't. They didn't do that. They just were like, "Let's get this one out of the way. We've got other things to do." Yeah, I mean, it's one of those songs like I could never hear again, and I'd probably be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just, they've got so much else that they should be recognized for. Um, so, like, as far as their achievements go, um, you know, they won uh, Best British Single for Western Girls in 1987. They won Best British Group. At these, this is at the Brits, by the way, in England. Best British Group in 1988. And Outstanding Contribution to Music 
in 2009. And they've been nominated for six Grammys and haven't won. Um, uh, they have one, two, three, four, four Ivor Novello Awards, one for Wesley Girls, one for What Have I Done to Deserve This, one for It's a Sin, one for uh, Nothing Has Been Proved by Dusty Springfield. And I think that's pretty insane for, for one band to have that many. That's a, a very uh, prestigious award in the UK. Um, Gary Barlow has like, I think he has like 10 of them. Oh my God, really? Yeah, he got the first one for Prey. Wow. And, yeah, got a bunch. That's how I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, it's funny, uh, Smash It's Bowl Winners Party. In 86, 87, 88, they were, they were nominated for Best Group worst group and best pop video for heart <laughs> <laughs> that's you know in smash hits that i think that happened a lot like whoever was the most popular also got like biggest prat or worst group or something like that most fancy little male yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then perhaps the opposite at the same time that's just the way they are over there yeah i mean um, I gotta say something too about the um, the packaging of Pet Shop Boys. They're very, very much involved with their artwork and the packaging. And this isn't a band that you want to download. Like this right. is a band where you want to own the beautiful albums and the singles covers. Everything's very well thought out. And um, you know, obviously back in the day, now it's less so now because there isn't usually a physical single. Although they're they're one of the few bands that is still putting out CD singles. Yeah, as well as as well as vinyl now, and um, you know, do you have the? Um, I'm sure you've seen the the very cover with the in the plastic sleeve. Have you seen that one? The yellow one. Uh, oh yeah, there's that one too. Yes, or the one that's yeah, it's got like the Lego sort of cover. Yeah, that's the orange one, right? I don't know. I don't have that one. The one I have comes in a clear plastic sleeve. That's also got the dots, like sort of embossed in it. It's different. Right. The one I have is, um, it has very and relentless packaged together. Okay. So, um, or even like the the release cover, that CD cover had a metallic cover with a an embossed flower on it, and I think it came with different flowers and different covers. Nice. Anyway, their art was always very very thought out very very and they've they've been releasing over the years the deluxe versions that they call further listening so this has been like at least two discs i think sometimes three remixes bonus tracks and so they're really worth investigating and what was the deeper what was the double one that they came out with that had all the b-sides losing my mind Mm, alternative alternative (laughs) that's another that's a beautiful box set mine's got a uh 3d lenticular on the cover Mm -hmm. very nice um so why don't we why don't we talk about like people that they have um produced or brought back to life (laughs) <laughs> brought back to um, life <laughs> we said that because they have a, a penchant for working with older ladies well i mean you know they started you know, i mean i for me like they started off with you know dusty springfield or what have i done to deserve this and um 
you know, for those of you who don't know, Dusty Springfield was a you know very famous singer in the '60s, and she hadn't done anything for a long time. And they sought her out, and um, you know they had they had heard this is my research. They had heard that she was hard to work with and that she couldn't sing and blah blah blah. And she came in and she nailed it. And you know they got a number two in England and a number four in the U.S with that song and it's, it's kind of a mainstay. I don't think they do it live too much anymore. I don't know. I don't remember hearing it live. Um, they, I think they do sometimes. Sometimes with a guest vocalist, sometimes with a, a film of Dusty. Okay. Playing on stage. Uh-oh. And then so, they went on to produce about, I think about half an album for her. Like they didn't do the whole thing, but they did work on more. Didn't they? I thought they did the whole album. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's not the, the whole thing, or maybe they didn't write the whole thing, but they produced it, something like that. But that was, and that was another successful. You know, that brought her back to life. And, Very much uh, so. Yeah. Gave her, um, you know, some street cred, I guess. And uh, yeah. So then there was another one. Liza. <laughs> that was the With shocker. A Z. That was the shocker for me. Because I am not a really Liza fan, but when I heard that album, when I heard Losing My Mind, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and that's but not even so the Boys song. It was so them. I mean, yeah, it was that yeah, sound. So them, but they didn't write that song. But it's that Pet Shop Boys sound. It's, it's, it's drama. Drama and electronics. Oh my god, and her running in the video in slow motion. Oh my god, and she looks so good too. She did. She looks look great good. in all these videos. I just listened to another podcast where they only they just talked about this album. It's called Results, by the way. And um, I was surprised at how unsuccessful it actually was. I think only Losing My Mind was a was a hit single, and at that, it wasn't massive. It was number three. Oh, okay, it was f- fairly massive. But I believe the other songs, according to this podcast, did not do well at all. Don't drop bombs, baby. baby. Don't drop. And what was the other one? So sorry, I said. Was that so the sorry, I said. And then, um, God, I think there was one other one as well. I don't, uh, have that, I don't have that disc sitting in front of me, but it's that's also been released. Um, I think now twice as deluxe editions. So I'm sure this latest one, I believe, came out last year, and that's probably got the most remixes, and and I think it's got the videos and everything gathered together. Nice. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't a Liza fan, but, um, you know. Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm a fan of that record. It's not going to make yeah. me go buy all Liza Minnelli music because that's a very different beast than this particular album. But it's just like, I wonder how that, like, I wonder how it went with them, like, the first time they met her. It's like, you know, was she, I wonder if she was um, open to doing that. Or yeah, who who that. asked who? Hmm? I don't know who who asked who approached who to do this project. I'm sure they approached her because that's what they do. <laughs> well, well, well done. Yeah. So um, great record. So, you can't you can't talk about their collaborations without mentioning um, "I'm Not Scared" by Eighth Wonder. Uh, Patsy Kinsey, pre Liam Gallagher, a much beloved song i'm not scared um i was already into eighth wonder before that um just they were getting so much press and smash hits and the uk pop magazines there was a lot of hype around them and yeah, they, hadn't she... re- they hadn't really had hit singles until 
that collaboration. And then, um, well, you know, they had Cross My Heart. Yep. And, and Baby Baby was a hit over here. Um, yeah, well, she was the it girl. I mean, she was definitely the it girl. Yes, yes, yes. Star of absolute, absolute beginners. Yeah, yeah. And then she she married Jim Kerr from uh, Simple Minds, and that didn't work out. And then she hooked up with Liam Gallagher, and it just kind of fell apart after that. I mean, yeah. And she did some films, and I know she got some acclaim. I think I want to say the movie was called Twenty One. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but she was definitely out there acting. Um, pop music career fell by the wayside. But I haven't heard much from her lately. I think she did, honestly she did. A, I think she did a Celebrity Big Brother. Now that now that my brain's starting to work, I think she did Celebrity Big Big Brother not too long ago in the UK. Oh, Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> but that's got nothing to do with the Pet Shop Boys. I know. As of, um, as of now, they're they're still too busy with their music career to uh, go into the Big Brother house. Right? Why would you want to? I mean, here's <laughs> the thing: it it re you know it reignited Mark Owen when Mark Owen won. Wait, you know, wait. That reminds me. Speaking mm-hmm. of collaborations and Big Brother, Pete Burns. <laughs> oh, Jack and Jill party. Jack and Jill party. I I totally forgot it too until until we started talking about Big Brother because Pete was very famously on that. Infamously. <laughs> they did a one off a one off single with Dead or Alive's Pete Burns. Uh, I wish they had done more. Yeah. That could have been a, a really fun uh, longer project, bigger project. So, um, I'm sure you remember in 1988, there was a guy called Cicero. Yeah. Oh, yes. On Spaghetti Records, the Pet Shop Boys' yeah. very own record label. Yeah. They, um, yeah, Love is Everywhere, Heaven. Oh, God. Heaven must have. No. <laughs> I do have that CD somewhere. I have it too. Um, I think that's that's been reissued as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it has. Um, With the fairy pop reissue yeah. or something Cicero's greatest hits probably <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't think he had any hits I remember hearing that and really liking that a lot and um, um, he ended up like um, he was the support one of the support acts on Take That's First Tour in 1992 Take really? That, yeah Take That Cicero and Damien time more gaming oh god <laughs> and uh yeah and he put out something um you know as of late like recently like 2015 or something i saw on spotify yeah i think i came across something too and i think i want to say it was more just like techno stuff probably so Maybe. but um he was, the, he was the first act signed to um, spaghetti records I believe. was there a second oh i don't know <laughs> i do believe um the crying game soundtrack yeah, may have been may have been on spaghetti they were, that was and that was a huge hit huge yeah. hit with boy george produced by the pet shop boys and they've got backing vocals on that big song and the and speaking of uh more backing vocals and another collaboration was um the remix of sorry for madonna take yeah it she, back, take it back to Stuart price productions yeah she didn't um she didn't turn that one down um yeah. well but, and it's great because they because they have they sing on it as well 
yeah. only on the remix version. So that's it definitely brings in their sound to it. And then um, you can't, you know, how can you forget, you know, the the grand trio of Bernard Sumner, Johnny Marr, and Electronic. Uh, yeah. God, I mean, see how much see how much there is to dig into on the Pet Shop Boys? It's insane. I know. Insane. And, uh, I got to see the Electronic yeah, for the yeah. Mode. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a memory from the past. A blast from the past. Ugh, I couldn't go. I was mad. Ugh. That was Vi- I, I, Violator? Was that Violator at the, the Dodger Stadium? With like Nitzer Ebb and Electronic and somebody else. Like, wait, Nitzer Ebb and Electronic. I think that was it. Maybe just those two. And I was not. I don't really or didn't know much about Nitzer Ebb back then at all. Join in the chat. Join yeah. in the chat. I, I came to know that song, but I still don't really know anything else by them. Shame on me. Um, so I so I feel like we should end this part with um, a, a shocker for me. Um, and E17 did a cover of Western Girls, and it was so good. It is good. I'll give you that. It was really good. I was shocked. And... Uh, yeah. Um, wait, wait, before we go, have you ever heard the West End Girls? No. Do you rec- you don't recall that album? A girl group that only did Pet Shop Boys songs? Nope. <laughs> it exists, the West End Girls. And I think oh, they yeah. were due to record a second album that I want to say Pet Shop Boys were, were going to write songs specifically for them, but I don't know that that ever happened. Yeah. Um, just wait, like what the, the chain of events of Pet Shop Boys goes on and on. Yeah. Um, so we're going to come back um, with our honorable mentions section. And, um, you know, thanks as always for listening to um, Is This Your Playlist? And we'll be right back. Hey, this is Brent from Probe 7, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? Hey everybody, we're back with um, honorable mentions. Mark and I are here, and Mark is fumbling through his CDs, trying to figure out which songs are going to be on it because he can't rattle them off like me. His words, not mine. <laughs> True story. The brain's going. What can I say? Um, so the first, the first one for me that, that she, like wasn't a single that should have been a single was "Up Against It" from. Um, God, blast it. Why can't I think of the title of that album? Hold on. Um, up against from Bilingual, from Bilingual. Oh, yeah. Uh, against it. I love that song. <laughs> um, it's just one of those songs that, like, it just could have been a single. So. Yeah, I'm glancing at that album, and there's there were, were there a lot of singles from that album? Were there not? Uh, three, at least. Say a Vita A is my favorite. Uh, Red Letter Day. Oh, Red Letter Day is a great song. How about um? We didn't talk about it in like collaborations and stuff, but it's a great song, and like I like the whole album too. The Closer to Heaven soundtrack. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The Pet Shop Boys musical, and um, a lot of the songs uh, you can find out there. The the Pet Shop Boys, the Pet Shop Boys versions of them. Some of them they've released officially, but you can also track them down. So, um, so I have two from from Behavior. Um, 
End of the World and uh, the opening song of the tour that year, 91, This Must Be the Place. Mm, beautiful. Years to was, you know, I just love those two songs. Um, that was a great album. I think my October Symphony was good, too. Another beautiful one. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that slower stuff, you know, for me, just it doesn't, like I was saying before, it doesn't jump out right away, and they, they sort of creep up on you, those melodies, and you know? They come out later. Um, how about uh, Groovy from Super? That's a really fun song. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really listen to Super like so much to remember it. It's just kind of like, mm, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I've had to go back to some of these albums this this week. I've been trying to flip through things, um, and um, like I said, I, I like of those three latest albums. I definitely like the new one the most. But uh, Groovy's right. a really fun song. Um, of course, we all feel better in the dark. Oh, uh, great one. Um, you know, um, Chris famously danced, moved in like black shorts at the <laughs> Universal Amphitheater, and I almost, you could have just punched me in the face. It was great. <laughs> um, so, how about, um, I don't think this was a single pandemonium from Yes. Pandemonium. That was a good one. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really, really fun song. See, I mean, here's the thing with me and Catch Up Boys. It's like, like I said, the first six albums, like I was like just on them, like you know the whole thing. And then like around, yeah, after Nightlife, it was sort of like, oh, there's a good song here, good song here, good song here, you know, Um, because I was looking through the singles. Um, as I was doing research and like the, everything from like the 2000 to 2010, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, make yourself a playlist of like 2010 till now. Maybe we will have a playlist on Spotify because I'm trying to have a playlist for us on Spotify, people. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, let's see, another one is. Um, um, well, I like two divided by zero. But that's kind of that's kind of creepy. Yeah, for a very first album, right? Yep. Um, that was a good one. Um, uh, was yesterday but, when, that yesterday when I was mad? Was that a single? Yes, it was. Um, Dreaming of the Queen. That was not. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful song from uh, the very album. Oh, what's the song on there um, that has the the um? Oh, to speak as a sin, young offender. Um, with the is that the one that has the um, video game sample? Mm-hmm. Uh, young offender. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, that was that was good. Barry was a good album. Yeah, Barry's a great album. Barry is. It, I think Barry's a good place to start. Yeah, if you want a rock solid Pet Shop Boys album. Um, oh, we haven't even mentioned. Have we even mentioned like It's a Sin, which was such a massive mega hit. Well, yeah, I mentioned it in the... Your number one. Okay. Number I'm just, like, scanning titles. And, well, that was such a huge hit yeah, on both sides. Oh, of the I can't believe it. I Want to Wake Up from Actually. Yeah. That was a great one. Oh, absolutely fabulous. Oh, yeah. How could we not? We haven't talked about any <laughs> of the disco albums. Oh, my God. Ab Fab. I mean, <laughs> talk about, like, just... It's everything Ab Fab is. 
Yeah, so, um, so listeners, if you don't know, there's they, the Special Boys have put out a series of albums called Disco, Disco 1, 2, and 3. And they've been remixes, mostly, and sometimes a new track tacked onto it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, more stuff to dig into. It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like, I'm just going to get myself a 10-track Best Of album. That's not going to do the trick. And even the, you know what, and the greatest hits, the the two, like they've done two, I think, right? The one to, I'll tell you the one to get is, is pop art, pop art, the double album. Because there's pop art, there's the singles one, the first one, yeah. like DJ Culture and it wasn't worth it. And then there was another, like another one later. Wait, I, I don't think there's been anything since pop art. I think there was one called... Pet Shop Boys greatest. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. Like like later on. Um, it's so funny because like the app thing was a comic relief charity And uh, it just blew up. Great I mean great great use of, you know, the, the one liners from each show. <laughs> totally. So much yeah. fun. It's so much fun. And it's one of those songs that like it's like, they don't even call it absolutely fabulous. I mean, pretty much like when I would put it on CDs or something, I would say Pet Shop Boys, absolutely fabulous. Because that's what, that's kind of what it is. Um, but they're so just, they're just so virtuoso and they're just, they've just been so consistent. And, you know, I'm just glad that we got to do this um, about them and hopefully, since this album did well, hopefully, you know, I'm still tour here no matter what. Yeah, they'll they'll come here. They're they're about to start, I believe, the um, hotspot slash greatest hits tour in the UK. And oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's it's actually a greatest hits tour. So I don't know how they're gonna sift through that. Plus, throw in a couple of the new songs, but hopefully, we'll get that in the states at some point soon. It'll be like probably like two songs from the new one. That's yeah, exactly two, two or two or three, I guess. That's that's gonna be a tough set list to put together. It would be it it would um it would be nice to see them in a venue, you know, like the Will Turn was good. Um, uh, Microsoft Theater was good. I mean, you know, if you get if you get in the pit, it's it's good. I guess. Yes, promoters, we still need a pit. This is a dance act. And if you have to sit down the whole time, maybe you should stay home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Mark and I actually made it over the phone today. It was kind of. Mm, it'll be interesting to hear when I, you know, when I listen to it later how how it cuts together. But um, this is like the fourth one in the series, and um, it's just going strong. And you know, we're gonna come up. Mark actually came up with the idea of us having a list of things, you know, topics. And uh, yeah, we'll probably get together when I come to LA next weekend. And, right, pick and out a few things so we can start thinking about them in advance. And uh, yeah, so um, I'm having fun. I'm glad Mark is here with me. Thank you for taking it all on. Yeah, having and, a blast. Um, and um, yeah, so um, that's it. Finished. Until next time. <laughs> all right thanks for listening to is this your playlist and you know like us on twitter and instagram and facebook 
and all the other good podcast places. So, um, so we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.